Well, good morning. Happy New Year. Welcome to our new sermon series, our New Year's sermon series entitled Reset. Three weeks, three priorities, three goals that God has for your soul and for mine, and I pray that you are blessed as we unpack them, see them, and apply them in our life. And when you hear the title, it's probably a very fitting title to a sermon series in the month of January. Because the odds are pretty good that over the course of the last six weeks, four weeks, the holiday season, uh, we have made some choices that have been a whole lot of fun and, and maybe a little bit foolish. Like extra Christmas cookie, yes please, every time you offer me one. And cheesy potatoes. Like I'll have seconds and then please make sure there are leftovers for breakfast and lunch tomorrow too like an extra cocktail, an extra beer. You probably, if you're honest, just like me, you had more than enough family gatherings with a, a drink or two, and, and maybe you didn't cross the line, but you had more than you normally do. Overspending, overscheduling, hectic schedules, like the last few weeks have been filled with a whole lot of fun and, and maybe a little bit of foolish. And, and you can run like that for a few weeks, but... If we don't reset that after the month of December, we're going to get ourselves in trouble. Like I know for me, like cheesy potatoes and seconds and leftovers for, for breakfast and, and lunch are great things once a year or a couple times a year at a holiday. But if I do that every day, my waistline is going to be in trouble. And my budget is going to be blown up because I'm going to buy new clothes. Like you need to reset. Like enjoying an extra cocktail at that extra gathering, it, it's not a bad thing, but if we go down that path every day, all the time, and have all those kind of gatherings, we're going to probably be in a whole lot of trouble. Like in getting our finances back in order, I mean, I saw the numbers, like Americans spent more money this Christmas than they did last Christmas. If we spend like that every month, we're going to be in trouble by the time we get to May. Like resets are good things. And it's at this time of year when we really think about it. Like you could reset any time of year, like setting goals and making resolutions could be things you do on May 14th or October 22nd, but it's just natural, it's uh, cultural to, to do it at a time of a year when a fresh start is a real thing. Like literally the, the word reset has a couple different definitions and I, th I think it's important to hear all of them. Uh, it's a fresh start, it's a start over, it's to set again or to set differently, to get something back to its original or intended state. And in the month of January, a lot of us talk about things we want to reset. Many of you probably made goals and resolutions, maybe financial ones, maybe relational ones, maybe physical ones, maybe emotional ones, to things you wanted to reset to work on. You'd be no different than most people. A lot of people this time of year have decided to set something different, to get a fresh start with their nutrition and exercise, to, to get things back to the way they, they are intended to be from a budget perspective. Like all those things are real and true. In fact, nearly 50% of people, according to Forbes, in a recent survey said improved fitness was at the top of their list of things they want to reset. Like maybe the last few weeks, they, they stopped going to the gym as much as they were going to and they just want to set it again. It's a goal, it's a regular habit, and, and they want to get back to it. Or maybe for you it's been like a year and you haven't done it and you want a fresh start as the calendar rolls around. Or maybe there's something in your life that's completely broken and 
and things have fallen apart and you need to get back to the way it's intended to be in your relationship. Like we use that word for a lot of things. Like when a bone is broken, anyone ever have a broken bone? Like when you've had a broken bone, what do they do with it? They reset it (laughs) to get it back to where it's intended to be. Like sometimes we need a schedule reset, like a fresh start. Because we've just gradually drifted with work and responsibilities and kids and all their activities and, and we just need a fresh start to get our life back in order, our, our schedule back in place. And it's easy to think of the physical ones, the worldly ones, right? You know why? Because they're visible. Like, I get on the scale, I see the number, yep, little reset. I look at the checkbook, and instead of a positive number, I see a negative number as I balance it. And some of you are going, you balance your checkbook. Yes, I do. I'm still fiscally responsible. That's the way I was raised. Like, I see a minus, and I go, oh, I need a little reset. And even in relationships, I can see resets. Like, when there's tension, when there's awkwardness, when, you know, there's just a little bit of this, I, I, I can tell from my eyes that there's something off, but... But spiritually, oftentimes we overlook it. Like we forget about it. We don't set it as a first thing. We, we kind of do it as an additional thing. Like, and I know for some of you, this is the first Sunday of this year and, and you pushed reset on your relationship with God and your gather root and you said, I want to do better. I want to get back to it. I, I, I need a fresh start. It needs to get back to the way it was. I, I've fallen a little bit off track. That's great. I'm glad you're here. But the odds are pretty good that if we don't prioritize it, if we don't keep it in front of us, if we don't really consider what a reset looks like in key and important areas, it'll fall through the cracks and our relationship with God and our other relationships will be affected. So I pray that you come back for the next two weeks and not only this one or listen online to see the three different areas of our life where we want to talk about resetting things. Like if it's good for us to reset things in our physical lives, and it is very good to to worry about our bodies, to worry about the bottom line of our finances, to worry about our relationships, it's also good for us to have goals for our soul. Like spiritual matters, things of importance that can can bless us in a relationship with God, can bless others in a relationship with them, and, and can help us in the year ahead. And so I don't know where you're at in the spiritual goals that you may have set or haven't considered. I don't know what kind of reset you need. Maybe it's just a, a little tweak to, to things that were good and, and have maybe just drifted a little. Maybe it's a, a fresh start because the calendar has turned and, and you need to, to, to move past the, the last year and, and start again, start anew. Maybe you need a complete overhaul because it's not the way it should be and you know it and, and something's got to change. But the odds are good. One of those three apply to you and me. And so in these three areas, I pray that God would bless you, work on your heart to see the the needed reset, the goal for your soul, and apply it to your life in a way that blesses you in 2024. Now here's where we're going over the course of the next few weeks. Three goals for your soul. Week one is going to be on priorities. What does God uh, identify as priority number one in our relationship with him? If we set this as a, a first goal, if we have this as a goal in front of us each and every day, each and every week, For the rest of this year, I believe that you'll be blessed to see what God longs for you and for me to consider 
in our priorities. Week number two, we're going to talk about purpose, God's goal for your soul, so that you as a child of God know this amazing purpose and mission that you have as a, a part of being connected to him. And then in week three, we're going to talk about place. How do I fit in? Like God's goal for your soul is to have the answer to that question, the, the, the great question of, of who, I, who am I, how do I fit in, and, and how does that benefit and bless and play out in the year ahead? Three different areas, goals for your souls, that I pray you're blessed. And in order to answer those questions, uh, uh, to, to find answers for those goals, we're going to focus on these three topics. Priorities, we're going to see God's goal for our soul in the great commandment. We're going to get to that in just a minute today. Purpose, we're going to hear Jesus speak the great commission. To know our purpose and our mission flows from Jesus and the great commission. And in the last week, our place, we're going to wrestle with and answer the great question. And so you're going to have to come back for those, but for today, we're going to get into the great commandment. And before I do, maybe just one more time, I want you to, to on a scale of 1 to 10, consider where you're at. How much of a reset do you need? And if you're wondering how much of a reset do I need or what kind of reset do I need or what area of my life do I need to reset, maybe you need to just evaluate. Have my roots, has my gathering as the different things that are important in my spiritual life become have-tos and not get-tos. Like if part of why you're here or why you've been coming over the last few months is because you have to, like you don't want to get that email from Pastor Jim saying, where are you? Then maybe you need to reset. Or maybe evaluate your responses in your relationships. Like if you've gotten a little bit shorter with your spouse, if you've gotten a little more imp- grown a little more impatient with your kids, if you've gotten a little bit more judgmental in your your workplace, then the odds are pretty good there there's something off in your grow root. Maybe you you need to reset, or maybe think about that sin or that struggle. Like you maybe had it in check for a while. You were doing really good. You were headed in the right direction, understanding that there's never perfection, but over the course of the last few weeks, the, the train has fallen off the tracks because you've stayed less connected to the people in your life who are holding you accountable. Like, do you need a group reset? Like, surround yourself with people who, who love you and will hold you accountable. Like, if any of those resonated with you, if there's just something going on, I pray that you will be blessed in the course of this series to consider God have us reset not just what it is or how to do it, but to have a new appreciation for the importance of it and his goal for our soul that's behind it. And out of the great commandment, probably familiar words. Some people use them even as their, their Christian mission statement. Uh, it's a great way to remember, you know, what does God lay out for me as priority in my life of faith as a child of God? Uh, it actually comes uh, from Jesus during Holy Week. It, it These are words that were spoken by Jesus in the temple on Teaching Tuesday. Uh, They're Matthew chapter 22, verses 34 to 36, uh, which is the context before we get to the commandment itself. Uh, So if you're familiar with the context, Jesus is in the temple. He's he's been teaching on Tuesday of Holy Week. Uh, There's a whole lot going on. The, The Sadducees and the Pharisees, the religious leaders of the day, were also there in the temple. And their goal uh, throughout all of Jesus' ministry was to undermine him. Like to get him to trip up, to get him to make a mistake, to get him to do something that they could call out so that he would lose credibility. 
And that's where verse 34 kicks in. Hearing that, Jesus had silenced the Sadducees. The Pharisees got together. Sadducees were one religious group of religious leaders. The Pharisees were the other. You hear about both of them in Jesus' ministry. The Pharisees were more of the religiously conservative party. Uh, Like they were letters of the law kind of people. They liked to cross all the T's, dot all the I's, follow everything in great detail. They were proud of themselves for how well they had done, how much they had prioritized the doing of the law. And so now those Pharisees who were experts in the law, all of them, who were great rule followers, all of them, put forth their champion, so to speak, an expert in the law to test Jesus with a question. They wanted to undermine him. And here's the test question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Like it might seem subtle and it might not seem so obvious to you and to me because when you think about the law of God, most of us probably naturally gravitate to the Ten Commandments. Some of you might think of the more broader law of Moses or other commandments of God uh, that are found in the Bible. And, and the odds are pretty good. If, if that question was posed to you and to me, if I said in catechism class, hey, which, which one of the commandments do you think is the most important commandment that, that God lays out to us? My, my guess is many of you would come up with one or two that you thought were far more of a greater priority than others. And some of you are like going, nah, yeah. You know how I know? Your actions. Like, we take really seriously, like, murder and people's lives, right? Like, the fifth commandment. Big deal. But that one about bearing false witness against our neighbor and got something a little bit here and there. Like, I just can't help myself. It's not that big a deal. Like, in all honesty, our sinful nature prioritizes different commandments, doesn't it? Like we find the ones that we like and are good at keeping and we, we say those are really important, it's obvious by my life, but that one, it's not quite as important. Well, there were 613 laws in the Old Testament that Moses was inspired by God to write. Jesus, identify one. Which one is the most important one? Because here's the catch. The Pharisees knew what the word of God said about every word of God. It's flawless. It's important. It matters. And if Jesus would pick just one, prioritize one law of God and pit them against the others, it would be their opportunity to poke holes in his divinity. Like you can't be God because you as God didn't prioritize X, Y, or Z. So with that in mind, I want you to see what Jesus lays out in the great commandment. The word that he uses to summarize the commandments, uh, the thing that God would have you and I put in front of ourselves to set as our priority is found in these words that Jesus spoke. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. It flows from it. it. It's right in keeping with it. Uh, It's 1A and 1B, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and prophets hang on these two commandments. All 613 laws hang on these two commandments. All those 1,100 extra laws you Pharisees have come up with to make sure people don't break the other 613 laws of God hang on this first and greatest commandment. Love God. If you want to think about priorities, what God would have you set as a goal for your soul, love God. 
Like if someone was to ask me, Pastor Tim, what are some of the important things uh, for me as a husband to keep in mind, to do, to prioritize for goals? Like do your chores that you've agreed to, like help your wife change the diapers like you should, like don't roll your eyes when she asks you to do something, like all the things that you could come up with on a list of things as a spouse to do, like you can come up with a long list of, of goals and priorities, right? Which could be overwhelming at times, which might not summarize it all well at times. But what if instead, my goal for my relationship with my wife this year was not to, to do my chores better and more often and more, and more willingly, it was simply to love Holly. Like when I sum it up that way, it, it says basically this, Right? Do anything and everything that, that blesses her life, that shows her I care, that puts her first, that, that, that shows I'm all in. Like when I sum it up this way, what Jesus is summarizing for you and for me makes it all-inclusive, all-encompassing, and very straightforward. You can't kind of miss the mark as if there's, hey, this thing is better. Like if you honor the first commandment, if you gather a lot, it's, it's far more important than, than grouping Often, like, love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. Like, either one of those could be a three-week series in and of itself. What does this look like? What does that mean? And, and I know a lot of us want to talk about the second one and, and here's what I promise you. We're not going to focus on it today. I want to focus on that first one today, the first and greatest commandment. The second one is like it, flows from it, is obviously a part of it. I want to focus on this one because in a few weeks, we're going to spend three weeks on talking about love and relationships with others, what it looks like, how we do it, how we carry it out. So we're going to cover both topics over the course of the next few weeks. But for today, priority number one, goal for your soul. What does God's priority for you and for me it flows from this commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. You know why God wants you all in and loving God? Why it's not 90% is good enough for loving God? Because the devil knows that if there's one thing that he can do to undermine you in the year ahead, it's to minimize your love for God just a little. Like if he can convince you that it's okay, you love God good enough if you make it to church 75%. That other 25% can be yours. Just an open door a crack. If he can convince you that your schedule, your kids, your job, your hobby, your cottage, whatever it might be, it is something that deserves your time. If you can get a little less time from, from you with God in, your, in his word and more time with you in the world, he wins. Like the devil knows that he might never convince you to, to deny God. Like to out and outright become an unbeliever in God. But if he can convince you that there are things of this world that are beautiful things, that you, if you pursue them, you'll be happy and you'll be blessed like you might chase after money, you might chase after that girl or that boy and they might become your first love and God might become a second or a third love. He wins, you lose. Because you know what happens when you love anything more than God? Your happiness, 
your peace, your joy, all those things are attached to that. And you know what will happen to all of that? Eventually, it will disappoint you in one way, shape, or fashion. <laughs> like, you can be the greatest spouse, but the odds are good you're going to let down your spouse. All the money in the world will not bring you peace and happiness when you get that diagnosis and that disease. Like, there's a reason why Jesus says prioritize this, why he sums up the commandments with this, because he knows that you and I will be blessed spiritually if this is a God goal in our life. If we can simply see this as priority number one, the first commandment, love God, have no other gods, you and I will have a, a foundation and an identity that is built on one thing that lasts and one thing that is real, one thing that will help us when we are anxious and one thing that will alone give us peace. He knows it. And he longs for us to have it. And so what would that mean and what would that look like? How, how do I do that? Like if I've convinced you that just a little bit, I need to reset in some area to prioritize my relationship with God and loving God. What area is it? How can I possibly do that? Loving God, that's a pretty big work, Pastor Tim. Like that's a lot. Like God is... God and he is perfect. How is it possible to even do that and have that reset? That's why I'm going to give you three things a day to take away. Three reset takeaways on priorities so that you can appreciate this goal for your soul. And here's where I want to begin. Like you know with all the goals that you set, the, the things in your life, maybe you caught, put goals in place for this new year, the resolutions that you have, if they're physical or financial or relational, like with almost all of them, there's an easy first step for you to take, right? Like if you want to get in better shape, if you want to physically get in better shape, here's an idea. Go get a gym membership. Like a place where you can work out, a class that you can take. Like there's an easy first step for you to take to get the ball rolling to accomplish that goal to reset. You want to get your finances in order? Here's the thing. Look at your income. Like, and you know what it is. It gets deposited every couple of weeks in your, page, in your bank account, like you know what's coming in, look at it, evaluate what you have, what your bills are, and what you have left to spend at the end of it, and then you will have an action plan forward. Like just look at what you have. It's a great first step. If you want to stop smoking, here's the thing. Take your cigarettes, snap them in half, dump them in the toilet and flush it, and then go to your favorite gas station and tell him not to sell you any this week. Like, you can do that. They're all steps you can take, right? Whatever area it is. And this is the beautiful thing about this reset and priorities with God. It's not a you step. Like, it's not anything you've done. Like, God hit reset on your heart. Like, God brought you into relationship with him. God so loved the world. Like, this reset is possible. This priority is doable not because you are great and you are strong and you have willpower or you have the most amazing action plan. It's because God had the first action plan and God pushed reset in your heart through the power of the Holy Spirit. See, this reset, this setting God as priority, loving God, begins with this truth. Loving you was, is, and always will be God's priority. 
Like if this is the only thing you remember this new year in trying to, to prioritize God and your relationship with him, you will be blessed. Your soul will be blessed. God's goal for your soul to, to bring you closer to him, to bless you in your spiritual life as you look forward to heaven. If this is all you remember, priority God uh, was all about you, always has been, always will be. Loving you is God's number one priority. God can say this is your goal, the goal for your soul as you live for him, but he wants you to remember that that his goal for your soul was to be with him in heaven. First John chapter 4, you heard these words before, verses 8 and 9 remind us of this really important truth. If you want to set the tone for your day, every day, over the course of the next week, this first month, if you want this reset to be front and center, just put this verse on your heart, memorize it, and, and say it over and over again. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that I might live through him. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. When we talk about resetting and we have goals for our soul, to love God with our whole heart, soul, mind, and strength begins with God who loved you with all he is and all he has. And Jesus proves it. His coming to earth, his death on the cross, his resurrection celebrate the amazing truth. Because you know what that truth does if you want to reset your goal to love God with your whole heart, soul, mind, and strength? You know what it changes your roots into? You know what it changes your action steps into? You know what it changes the, the things you choose to do in the year ahead? They become get-tos. And they're no longer have-tos. Like, I get to come to church. And be reminded of God's love that was, is, and always will be his priority for me. Like when I open the book on Wednesday, I get to because it's there that I'm reminded of who he is and what he's done, the, the grace that is mine, the forgiveness that he won, the things that I need to apply to my life. Like they become get-tos, they're not have-tos. Like knowing God's amazing love and how he prioritized you sets the table, sets the stage, and the, gives us the motivation to love God with our whole heart, soul, mind, and strength because he loved us with his whole heart, mind, soul. And then when we have that and know that, God's goal for your soul is to apply that. And here's the application. Loving God, so God in his love has, is, and always will prioritize you and me. But action step number two, goal for our soul, number one, loving God involves prioritizing for you and for me. Loving God, when he calls us out to love God with our whole heart, soul, mind, and strength, loving God involves you and me to prioritize what God loves. And for some of us, this is going to be a dramatic change. You've got to get it back to the way it intended. You've got to review the things that God loves. And sometimes the things that have become our first loves in this world are, are really good things that God loves too. We just need to reorder them. We need to reset them. We need to, to get them in the right place and in the, back to where they're, they're supposed to be. Loving God involves prioritizing what God loves. Like, and you know what you need for that? An active grow root. Like, if you want to think of an action step for your roots this year, if you're evaluating your roots, if your devotional life is, has taken a downhill slide, if it's irregular, if it's not transformational, if it's non-existent, like, if you really want to love what God loves and prioritize what God loves, you know what you have to do? You have to know what God loves. So 
So maybe refresh yourself on the things that God loves. Like, work through the Lord's Prayer on a regular basis and you'll find out some really thing, big things that God tells you to, and I to pray for that he loves. Or work through the Ten Commandments again. Maybe it'll be the first time in a long time that you've actually looked at the things God loves. I know a lot of people think of God's commandments as this hammer, as these bad things. But, but you know what the commandments are? It's God gar guarding a lot of good things, the things that he loves. Like he loves life. So he says, do not hurt or kill. God loves marriage. So he says, do not commit adultery. God loves your possessions and their possessions and Pastor Tim's possessions. And so he says, do not steal. <laughs> God loves for you and for me to have contentment, for, to have peace, to not be anxious. So he says, do not covet. Like God loves peace in this world and, and in relationships. And so God says, honor those in authority. It'll bless you. It'll go well with you. Like the things that God loves are for your good. And when you understand that and you love those things, you'll be blessed. Your soul will be blessed in the year ahead. Like kids, trust me. Like, if you listen to your parents, the parents are going, yes, give this plug. Like, understand when they're concerned for you, your, your life will be blessed. Husbands and wives, your life will be blessed if you love the other person first. Trust me, if you don't roll your eyes when your wife asks you to do something, it'll be better for you. She hasn't heard that yet. She's not been in church. And God, like, God loves his reputation, so he says, don't take my name in vain. And God says, remember the Sabbath day, like worship is important because it blesses your soul and takes you to the cross of Jesus and tells you about the amazing love of God. Loving God involves prioritizing what God loves. The things that are true about him, the things that he wants to protect for you and others. So I don't know what area of your life you want to work on, but I'm sure there's an area where you can take an action step and prioritize something that you know that God loves, that, that you need to work at and want to love because he first loved you. Maybe it's the words that you speak you want to work on because you know that's something God loves. Speaking the truth in love, what's beneficial for others. Maybe he wants you to be a little more kind to someone in your life to show love in action. Maybe it's service to others. Maybe it's seeking justice. Maybe it's helping people who are less fortunate. Whatever it might be in your relationship with God or others, love God. Prioritize what God loves. And if you're not sure if God uh, loves something that is on your mind or heart, ask your pastors. We'll tell you. If you want a list of different things, we can summarize it for you. If you want to review it, starting point, Pastor Michael's starting up a new class or catch one of Pastor Jim's classes. Like, we want to help you do this. But loving God involves prioritizing what God loves. The one who prioritized you. Which is really number three. Like, I want you to see it for what it is, to really have this get-to moment of week number one, of God's goal for your soul, resetting in whatever area you want to. Think about the roots that you want to maybe implement this in. Uh, as you look at number two, here's the passage from God. I, I didn't want to skip over it. John, 1 John 5, verse 3, this is love for God to keep his commands. It's not Pastor Tim trying to be a hammer. It's God calling you to action. And his commands are not burdensome. I know you think this might be hard, this might be heavy, but God promises not only is he the one who hit reset to give you the ability to do it, but he will help you do it. He promises he will help you do it. He gives you the tools to do it. He has loved you first, which is number three. Prioritizing God is our joyful response. It's not a have to, it is a get to.
in view of God's mercy, the cross of Jesus, the, the empty tomb, that heaven that is ours, prioritizing God is our joyful response, our thank you to God, first loving us. Like the key to having this God goal for your soul, the priority being right, begins with God and his love that was first. See, the first and greatest commandment is to love God. But the God who calls you to that first loved you. Goals. Reset. Like, I pray that the goals that you have set in your life for this year, you're able to accomplish. Maybe they're financial, maybe they're relational, maybe they're physical, maybe they're sleep-related. But I do know this about the things God talks about in his word. Like, for everything about resiliency, being physically resilient, being good stewards of our money, for every one time he talks about things like that, the Bible has a hundred passages on love. Like, what it looks like, what it is, who's the author of it, and why you'll be blessed and your soul will be blessed when you do it. So maybe today the, the first step, the right step, the, the action step for you and for me is to look at our roots and consider getting in the right direction. We're not going to be perfect. What does the direction look like that God would have us for this goal for our soul, to love God with our whole heart, soul, mind, and strength? Let's pray about that. Heavenly Father, thank you for prioritizing us. Our souls were your goal. It's why you sent Jesus. You first loved us. It's why, Lord, we know that the great love that you've lavished on us, that we are called the children of God. John said that in 1 John chapter 3. How great is your love that made us your children, that you've lavished on us. Like loving you with our whole heart, soul, mind, and strength begins with you loving us which makes it a get-to, not a have-to. And your commands are not burdensome. So Lord, help us in the year ahead. Prioritize what you love so that we might honor you and give you glory and, and also bless those whom we love in, in this life as we love them like we love ourselves. So Lord, I pray for this for our church. I pray for our roots that, that you might lead us in the right direction, that you might send your spirit to overwhelm us with power and strength uh, and the ability to, to, to do these things based on your love for us. Lord, we pray for these things uh, in the name of our Savior, Jesus.